The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did and the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown in stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house. Sideline. Pylon. Touchdown. And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been laying, waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. Welcome in. Into the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined alongside my co host, Aaron Murray. Be sure to follow us on social media at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler. Aaron is at Aaron Murray11. Head on over to puntandpass.com, the number one destination for all things college football. It's got our YouTube page up there. If you're listening or watching right now, we appreciate you. It's got our blog up there. It's got our picks. Aaron Murray went four in one. Last weekend, great job, Aaron. Everything you need for college football, our merchandise is on there as well, puntandpass.com. Aaron, week six is in the books. What a weekend it was. Saturday was just insane. Wall-to-wall action, upsets, fantastic games, game winners. And you, my man, called the game for CBS Auburn against Georgia, the SEC on CBS at 3.30. Congratulations. I thought you did a fantastic job. Let's start there. Let's hear about it because it was a good game. Georgia did pull away as I expected. You thought that Auburn was going to have a hard time defending them and everything that Georgia has going on, especially with that freight train of a defense. But, man, called up to the big leagues. Not your first time, but first time calling Georgia. How was that? It was great. Um, I had a blast. And the fans, I mean, it's so funny. I, I I guess they must have known that I was on the call for CBS because every time it was third down, they put up the picture of me getting just drilled by yeah, deep. What was up with that energy? I don't know, but I mean, I'm like, dude, that was like 10 years ago. Let's move on from it. But <laughs> whatever, uh, glory days for Auburn uh, and that hit. But it was it was great. I tried to be as down the middle as I could. Yeah. Um. I, God, there's so many Georgia fans that are pissing me. Like, why aren't you being more for the dogs? Why? I'm like. It's not my job to be in here, come and call this game and be a cheerleader for Georgia. Like, I have to call the game <laughs> as an announcer. And if Auburn makes a good play or if Georgia has a penalty, then I'm going to call it as I see it. Like, yeah. everyone's all pissed at me. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe you said that should have been a pass interference against the dogs in the red zone. Like, you know, if it's a close play, you should have said it's a good play defensively. I'm like, no, I thought it was a P.I. I'm going to call it a P.I. Like, calm down. I mean, it's just so funny to me. How fans are like revoking my damn good dog card because I was a shooter. I'm like, okay, you let me know when you played four years at Georgia, broke bones, tore ligaments, have ten stitches in your chin, and now you you want to revoke my card because I didn't call or because I want to pass interference call against the dogs against Auburn. So, uh, but that's fans. That's the SEC, yeah, and yeah. that's why we love their passion. Yeah. But it was great, great game. Um, 
you know, shoot, Bobo and Auburn came out guns blazing. Yeah, that first and, 15 was and strong. I, and I do think that if, if Shanker would have caught that touchdown pass in the first possession, it's a somewhat different game. But Georgia's just more physical. You know, you saw that in the second half. Mm-hmm. They just ran right through them. Um, Stetson, holy smokes. I think we got some issues going on. Wow. I, I do. I think there is a QB. Because I'm doing the interviews this afternoon. I'm going up to Athens. And I asked, I was like, can I interview Stetson? They're like, no, no. We're not allowing any of the quarterbacks to do interviews. <laughs> I wonder like they why. Know, they know that something's brewing and it's going to be a really tough decision, especially if Setson goes out there. Yeah. If he's the quarterback again this week and balls out versus Kentucky, I don't know how you take the ball out of his hands. He was phenomenal. Yeah. And then football as well. Are you on the Georgia-Kentucky game or what's the doubleheader looking like this week? No, we have. Uh, I'll be Auburn, Arkansas. Okay. And good deal. Gary, Gary Brad will have the 330 Georgia, Kentucky. Awesome. Yeah, I thought you did a fantastic job. Um, Look, you have a job to do, to your point. You're a professional. You're a broadcaster. You're calling the game as you see it, as a play-by-play analyst. It's not to be a cheerleader for Georgia. Now, obviously, everybody knows you're rooting for Georgia. You went to the University of Georgia. It's not like you had to be on the complete other side to try to sway people that would go, oh, I'm not listening to Aaron Murray because I know he likes Georgia. You're just calling it like you see it. I mean, even when Smoke Monday got ejected for the targeting, like that rule in and of itself, we talk about it all the time right here on the podcast, there is a lot of gray area to it. That hit that Smoke Monday had was not malicious, right? There was no No. intent to hurt somebody on that play. He is one of their better players on defense. For him to get kicked out of the game for that hit – that's just stupid. That's just not good for football. So I don't know if you specifically said that, but I'm sure you guys talked about in the booth. I think I was in the car at that time when that play happened. I'm sure when you guys were in the booth talking about that specific play, you're like, man, something's got to change here because because the integrity of the game of football is literally up in the air. I'm sure Coach Neuheisel has thoughts about it. I'm sure Noah Eagle has thoughts about it. And you, of course have thoughts about it, but it's not like you can just go in there, dump on Bo Nix, say Brian Harson stinks as a coach, say I hate Jordan Hare Stadium, say Nick Fairley's a scumbag. You can't do that because then you get fired and now your wife's going to be pissed at you. Granted, a lot of Georgia fans will think you're awesome. I hope they still do. I still think you're awesome. I, I appreciate it. And listen, it is a such a, a small minority of people that um, have these thoughts that I should not be considered a bulldog ever again and just should just Take my records off the Georgia history uh, and just remove them completely. Aaron never was here. We'll just blank out those four years he started because he rooted for Auburn this weekend. So I just I laugh. I die. But it was great. You know what else was great? Seeing that big, beautiful icon bus strolling around. Hey, buddy. You saw that. You were were living a good life. I was living a good life on the uh, 330 game. You were living at the good life uh, all the pregame. Yeah, man. Now we had fun. The Icon Source team was in town. We brought our big tour bus that was wrapped up there. Talked to a ton of awesome Georgia fans at the tailgate. Met a lot of great Auburn people as well. Saw Pat Dye Jr., our former agent, Aaron. Uh, Pat's dad, Pat Dye, former Georgia football letterman, got a statue unveiled of him on Friday night. They did a big pregame celebration of his life, which I thought was awesome and much deserved. And I also ran into Gerard Powers, an Auburn legend, former teammate of mine with the Arizona Cardinals. What an awesome guy. It was a really special time in Auburn. I hadn't been back to Auburn since we played there. It's I've just, never been to Auburn besides playing. Like, yeah. I've never been around town. I've never been around campus. I mean, shoot. 
I went and spoke to the the golf team on Thursday, which was a blast. Yeah, was how was that? They were so funny. I mean, because you know, I give a you know 15, 20 minute spiel about just doing the right things, working hard, and trying to get to the next level, and and all that good stuff. And you know, it was pretty much forty minutes of questions after that. They wanted to know like favorite game, you know, all these, you know, you're a golfer, yeah, all these yeah. golfers who've never played football before. Like, how physical is it really? How's your body feeling? What's the hardest hit you ever had? All this good stuff. I mean, we had an absolute blast. And then afterwards, they give me, as a thank you, um, four dozen Titleist golf balls, which nice. I need. Nice, yeah. But two dozen of them have the Auburn logo on it. <laughs> uh, so I'm like, oh, I really I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Um, and then later that, no, the next night, uh, I go and I'm, we're going to the AD's house, which is very rare. The athletic director invited CBS to dinner at, at his house. Oh, so we cool. get there. And I'm sure you can hear my dogs going crazy upstairs right now. Uh, we get to, to the AD's house and they're like, all right, no shoes allowed inside. We're like, okay, fine. It's your house, your rules. But of course they have a million Under Armour sandals because it's Auburn. Yeah. So they're out front. We put our sandals on and my producer, who's like five, seven little guy puts on these giant size 18 sandals. I'm like, who is going to wear a size? Like, did she expect someone in the crew to be wearing a size 18? Um, like no no that's for charles so we're like charles 20 minutes later charles barkley walks in and uh, joins <laughs> us for dinner that's awesome and was i mean everything you see on tv on tnt at halftime is exactly who he is in person i mean I just it. cutting up drinking in having a good time telling jokes uh and lives in atlanta and he's like dude take my number down i've played send down a couple times i want to get back out there well, it's like I got two dozen Auburn balls that you can go lose because I know you're probably going to lose them all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and I don't want them, so I'm going to give them to you, and you can come out there and play with us. So, Drew, you and I can host them, show them how Love it's it. done. Love it. Keep his butt a little bit. Yeah. And just get another dog's victory. Yeah, that sounds like an absolutely fantastic plan. What a cool weekend for you, especially to be hanging out with Chuck at the Auburn AD's house, uh, calling the game for the SEC on CBS. And you're back, SEC on CBS this weekend, Auburn against Arkansas. Georgia wins 34 to 10. I think it went pretty much exactly how we expected it, Aaron. That second half, when you just start handing the ball off to the running backs, Zamir White really gets featured on those long touchdown drives to just put the game out of reach. Uh, it's fun to watch as a Georgia fan. I mean, that defense, man, when they're getting turnovers, when they are kind of shutting down the Bo Nix heroics that have a lot of success when Auburn wins football games. You sat there and you go, yeah, this one's over. Like, Georgia's pulling away. Auburn can't come back. Uh, one of my favorite players on the team now is Lad McConkey. I mean, this dude is a baller. I love how he creates separation. I wouldn't say his speed is deceptive by any means, but he just gets behind DBs and sets him through him a beautiful pass on that 60-plus-yard touchdown throw in the third quarter. Let's just call it as it is. He's a little white guy, so you don't expect him to do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, thank you for saying it. It's 100% what it is, and he is he is an athletic move. dude. He's boogie. Yeah. He is super athletic. And, I mean, they set up that, that one – Stutter and go. They set up beautifully because it was a rollout pass earlier. He ran a comeback. It was a completion. And then they decided to go a little, you know, stop and go. Uh, Stetson under through. The biggest issue I had with Stetson last season was on the deep balls, he would overthrow it. So to me, anytime a quarterback consistently throws a ball over the receivers, it's I don't want to make a mistake. Yeah. I'm throwing it too far because I don't want the DBs to make a play. This year, 
he's gotten so much better at the deep balls because, you know, I, I'm fine with an underthrow because as we see in college football a lot, these DBs aren't very good most of the time. So if it's not a catch, it's going to be a pass interference. Mm-hmm. So at least at least let there be a, a chance for a play. And he did that on that one. It's a big play. It's a big catch. It could have been a touchdown, whatever. You got in the five-yard line, inside the five, you scored a touchdown anyways. But then the post route was an absolute dime. But back to our point about McConkie, he's he's really good, man. Um, you know, this is a position that is the biggest concern for Georgia right now. Yeah. They're they're injured at a lot of lot of, you know, a lot of guys, a lot of seasoned guys, and, and they're having to rely on guys that haven't played a lot of football. McConkey, um, I do like AD Mitchell a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's a yeah. beautiful looking human being. I think he's only gonna get better and better. Uh, it was good to see Darnell Washington back out For there. Sure. Obviously, we know what Brock Bowers can do. The biggest surprise last week to me when I went to practice, I think Pickens is going to be back. Do you really? I do. Yeah, that would be Imagine pretty— Imagine getting Pickens back at the end of the season. Yeah, I, that would I, be I, unbelievable. I think he's, he's going to be—I I think it's—to it, I, 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 me, it's going to be how long do we want to hold him out? Because, like, can we get him as healthy as we can? Yeah. Fresh legs. Imagine Pickens showing up. You know, let him play versus whatever the second last game of the season, whoever that is, and then against Tech, just to get two games under yeah, his belt. Yeah, play the SEC championship game, and then have three games. You know, getting back in the shape before the playoffs start. Look, if he does that and performs well, Ooh. hello NFL. Right, He's like going NFL regardless. That's what I'm, I'm saying. saying. What, he, it'll just what help he himself out for right now because. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're banged up. Byrne has rarely played this season. Byrne hasn't done much. Yeah, he really has. Um, besides, really, the big post route for South Carolina, he's been kind of non-existent. It's been the it's been the tight ends. I mean, it's it's if 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 we didn't have Brock Bowers, I mean, this offense would not look the way it's looked right now. And obviously, the running backs have done their thing, but the receivers have to get healthy. They know that they're just trying to get through this weekend, you know, and get through Kentucky and get ready for you know that bye week before Florida. Yeah, no, you're, you're hundred percent right. That would be an unbelievable storyline later on in the season. One that we will continue to watch. And, and you mentioned it. I mean, for all the injuries that Georgia has, there's like 12 guys that have played this year that are on the injured list and essentially questionable for even next weekend. It's pretty phenomenal. Shows the depth shows yeah. the development you know, you walk into Auburn, um, first true road game of the season. I think we can all kind of agree on that, especially with how intense Jordan-Hare Stadium can get. And you take care of business 34-10. to 10. You cover a 15-and-a-half-point spread. Um, and you just mentioned it, right? If Stetson continues to play the way he's playing. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves. And people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. 
and it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. And I would fully expect Georgia to wipe the floor with Kentucky this weekend. I'm just telling you right now, okay? I'm with you. I think it's not even going to be a game. Kentucky, yes, they're playing an exciting brand of football right now. Will Levis, uh, Wildcats, the fan base. Let me just say one thing to Kentucky fans, the one that's listening right now. True love, Simpson, Kentucky. You are five days away from basketball season in Kentucky because Kentucky has never won a big football game in their existence. Um, Aaron, one thing that you've been saying all season long and and something that you have been so consistently – on top of but you went against it with your lock of the week is these home crowds man they, they are mm-hmm. making a massive difference kentucky the only road game true road game that they've played is at south carolina it's going to be a totally different beast this weekend this defense will shut down anything that they have going on georgia right now is like a 22 point favorite i mean it, it's just it's unbelievable i fully expect georgia to continue to wipe the floor and they will beat up on kentucky stetson probably will play well because they're not putting them in situations to play poorly and then if jt's healthy enough for florida you have a real question on your hands who is qb1 more importantly who the hell can you rely on for the second half of the season well, I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, you can you rely on JT to stay healthy this season? He just has not proven in his history of being a quarterback in college football that he can make it through an entire season. And Stetson is, is like I said, he, the biggest concern I had from last year, he's answered with his ability to be more accurate down the field. Yeah. His ability to run the football is is absolutely tremendous. 41 yards, that run he had where he decided to cut back to yep. the middle of the field. I'm Great like, run. Get your butt down, but all right, yeah, yeah. great. Good job. Um I think there's a, and there's something to be said for this, a confidence and a trust factor in that locker room with Stetson right now. hundred percent. That's very well said. And, 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 and I've always said this about quarterbacks. It's not always the guy with the biggest arm. It's the guy that makes everyone else around him play better. Mm-hmm. Because if you can go out there and the 10 guys around you play better because you're the quarterback and the defense plays better because they believe in you at quarterback – that that narrows the gap of okay maybe he doesn't have a, as good of an arm as JT yeah yeah it's that but quiet confidence it's that quiet confidence that surrounds him he's confident um, I, I don't I just to me right now if I'm the, if I'm making the decision and if he goes out there and does it again this weekend versus Kentucky I'm not taking him out yeah I'm not and I was joking with you on on um, on Saturday at driving back because you you and I both love Stetson you yeah. know we. we I, I think what he's done, I've said it in the past, what he's done with limited reps, even my dad brought up, he's like, it's amazing to me. We were talking last night. You know, we went to the scrimmage in in, in, in fall camp. He didn't even get reps. He didn't get any reps. My dad's like, they give him no reps. I'm like, I know I said this literally. I'm like, are you listening to the podcast? I literally <laughs> said this two weeks ago. He has done more with the least amount of reps with the starting unit than I've ever seen in my life from a quarterback. Yeah. I mean, it literally is like, we just put you on a shelf, you get reps with the the, the backups and you get reps with the walk-ons. And when we need you, we'll call you. 
and he answers the bell every single time. Um, I'm trying to remember where I was going with this, but well, it, you, you were going with Stetson having that quiet confidence, people trusting in him and understanding that he's going to be able to perform, and the fact that he just steps in when called upon. Yeah, it, it's just it, it's it's I, I absolutely love it. I I think you got to go with him yeah. going forward yeah i do i think and i this is what i was telling you when you were driving back i said i bet oh, no, you this is what i was going with stetson is going to be well i was texting you yeah. today stetson you know we've had georgia's had some amazing quarterbacks buck blue greeny stafford, stafford. Greeny, shock you know i'll say Aaron Murray. in the category yeah. I and mean, we've had jacob eason justin field from yeah Stetson Bennett, Step if he aside. goes out there and keeps doing it, is going to be the greatest quarterback in Georgia history. Yeah, he will. And I I think if you I mean, asked him right now or if you asked him at the end of the season, I bet you Kirby Smart would say his favorite player through his first seven years at Georgia is Stetson Bennett. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. Would he not, though? If I, they I win the yeah, Natty and, he, and he's a quarterback <laughs> and keeps doing what he's doing, he's going to be the greatest quarterback in Georgia history. No question. And I'm, I, I absolutely love it because I think what he's gone through and sticking it out and, and, and dealing with all the bull crap of not getting reps and everything and just mentally being ready to go whenever he's called upon deserves that. I mean, holy smokes, the kid will be the most loved kid ever. Yeah, and if, if he stay. is and if he does and if Georgia reaches the top with Stetson as quarterback, there are no coincidences, right? No. He no will deserve it. He will have deserved it. All right, Georgia 34-10 over Auburn, welcoming Kentucky in before a bye week. Then heading to Florida, and I think if they beat Florida and Kentucky, they wrap up the SEC East. I, I think. Yep. I'm not sure. But um, how about Alabama going down? All right, that's enough Georgia talk. Alabama gets upset. Texas A&M 41-38 to 38 in College Station. I'm watching the game. I'm going, is this Alabama? Like, like what is going on? I, so uncharacteristic. Offense not performing well, turning the ball over. Defense allowing 41 points. Special teams giving up touchdowns, missed field goals. Perfect storm. Perfect storm against Alabama. And they go down for the first time against Texas A&M since 2012. It's the first time an assistant, a former assistant of Nick Saban, has beaten Alabama or a Nick Saban-led team. Alabama now back to number five in the polls. Um your thoughts, Aaron? My goodness, what an unbelievable game. That was wild. Well, the, the, this was the last team I expected to do it. I know Jimbo called a shot this summer and said, we're going to win, you know, why Sibbins there. And then he did. He made it happen this 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 season. Um, and, you know, my thoughts on Texas A&M heading into this game. I thought they were one of the worst teams yeah, yeah. in the SEC West. I did preface it by saying the SEC West is absolutely loaded this year. You did. But, you know, with Zach Calzada, I mean, go watch the tape. The first few games of his career has not been great. Um, and he went out there and did his thing. I mean, some of the throws he made were stupid good. I mean, there's one he's had pressure in his left and it was a pass on the um, pressure coming in his face, pass on the left. And he threw an absolute dime um, over and over again. He, he, he answered the bell, got hurt lay in the game, hit to the knees, came back, drove him down the field, kicked the winning field goal. Yeah. He he embarrassed Alabama's defense. And I don't know if Alabama watched the film and said, oh, my God, this kid's not very good. We're going to be fine. A&M's not that good this year. They've already lost a couple times. We're going to go there and steamroll them. Yep. And and just run right through this, this, this Aggie football team. And they showed up, man. They did. You said uh, Alabama offensively was – 
not what we've seen this year. They picked up in the second half, but I think most concerningly, the defense. Yeah. You know, for a defense that's supposed to be one of Nick Saban's best he's had in the past five years, to give up 41 points to Zach Calzada. Yeah. Is, I mean, I he is just, I wish, I was laughing, we were watching the game, I got back at home, I was like, man, I wish I was a fly in the wall at halftime. Oh, my God, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, he must have been just ripping them to absolute shreds. Absolutely. I mean, How- Arkansas had them to 10 points. Mississippi State held A&M to 22 points. I know. Colorado held them to 10 points. And they were getting after the quarterback, shutting down the run A&M game. A&M scored 41 points against Alabama. Yeah, 41. yeah that's just insane. It's absolutely oh, insane. that field goal, though, at the end. I was like, oh, my God, the kid missed it. I thought he missed it, too. Definitely inside panel of the foot, hooked that thing left, and somehow, by the grace of God, it moved back inside. And, hey, guess what? No pictures on the scoreboard. They won the game. Great for Texas A&M. Not that good for Alabama. Alabama moves back to number five in the polls. How about Georgia? Number one in both the AP and the coaches poll. Aaron, that is the first time in season since 1982. Okay? Shout out to my man Bryce Manson for telling me that on social media last night. And I said, are you sure? What about 2017? He goes, I looked that up as well. Georgia was number one in the college football playoff rankings. Alabama was still number one in the AP and the coaches poll. So Georgia moves up to number one. The dogs are number one in the AP and the coaches poll for the first time in season since 1982. Pretty remarkable. And if you had told me in June after week six... The poll is going to be one Georgia, two Iowa, three Cincinnati. I would have said, what? You're crazy. I want what you're having because that doesn't make any sense. You know um, what's good, too, about, you know, for dogs fans and I think just overall is now with Alabama losing. It's great because you don't have to play them twice. It, it, yeah, if you beat – well, unless they win. But if you beat Alabama in the SEC championship game, they're not in. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's going to have to be a lot of craziness to happen around the country for them to be – in it so now all of a sudden like you we know it's not easy to beat a team twice especially a team like alabama yeah. it's not easy yeah. to beat them twice so now all of a sudden all you're saying is that we just got to beat them one time you beat them in atlanta and you don't got to deal with them and i still believe the only the, the best two teams in the country are alabama and georgia no doubt but i think if, if, if you went to the playoffs today and it's you know iowa cincinnati who's for oklahoma Oklahoma and Georgia, game over. Yeah, I agree with you. Georgia wins. Give them the trophy. To your point. You're saying like our championship is now if we beat Alabama and Atlanta. Let's go. Let's go. I agree with you. Give us our damn ring. I mean, to your point, do you think Texas A&M wants to play Alabama again? Hell no. no. Everything went right for them. Everything went wrong for Alabama. Turnovers, special teams and defensive touchdowns. Like they're like, no, absolutely not. We'll see them next year. Uh, They're hoping that they don't have to see Alabama anytime soon, especially with a revenge spot, which is what could happen uh, if they do go to if they were to have gone to the SEC championship undefeated. Then you would have had to play them twice in a four week span. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to do that. But they do go down a really fascinating football game. Your girl, Jamie Erdahl from CBS, asking Coach Saban about not using his timeouts in the first half uh, right before. He had some interesting uh, conversations (laughs) with Lane the week before. Yeah, but. Uh, he he misunderstood the question. Let's get that a hundred percent straight. She, I mean, to my 
I'm sitting on the couch. I'm like, well, why would you ask that question? They're getting their asses kicked. You don't just call timeouts. Uh, and Coach Saban was like, well, why would I call a timeout? She was asking about while on defense, right? Yes. To try to get the ball back and then have time to go score. Not while on offense with a minute left and you're down, you know, whatever it was, 17 or 14 points. He was like, well, why would I? And then he went in to a long kind of like diatribe and Gary and uh, Gary and um, Brad. Brad were in the booth like, that was pretty interesting because he just couldn't stop talking. Uh, yeah, Erdahl making making a little uh, splash on the broadcast here two back to back weeks, but Alabama goes down to Texas A and M forty one to thirty eight. Uh, quickly, Ole Miss Arkansas. Ole Miss wins fifty two to fifty one. Uh, this was one of my picks. I picked Ole Miss minus five and a half. Matt Corral throws like a seventy yard touchdown pass with one minute left to go up by a touchdown. I'm celebrating. I'm like, oh my god, cannot believe they covered. I blink. And Arkansas scores. And I'm like, wow. And then they go There's for two. two. So I'm yeah. thinking, okay, we're still going to win it in uh, overtime. <laughs> they missed the two-point conversion. There's it's insane. I mean, for Ole Miss what, to allow Arkansas to score 51 points. going for two? Why is he going for two? Just kick the field goal, go to, go to overtime. Um, I don't agree with that. I mean, there's two games. Obviously, the, the Oklahoma-Texas game. I'm like, damn it. The two games that Drew and I were different on. He's going to win both of them, rub him in my face. <laughs> and it's somehow Oklahoma with their backup quarterback, who most likely is going to be the starting quarterback now, finds a way to pull it out against Texas. And, and I think believe the largest comeback ever in that rivalry yeah. game. Uh, absolutely amazing. I mean, 55 to 48 in that one. Holy that crap. Was an unbelievable. Game. Spencer Rattler. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that as a quarterback? Like the media is like coddling him and Lincoln Riley is like protecting him. I'm like, look, he's losing his job right in front of your faces. That Over. is it. Caleb Williams. Is that his name? Yeah. Caleb would give he's him a job. freaking beast, dude. That Spencer throw that man. he made on the run off his back foot and that catch for a touchdown to kind of like really start the comeback. Wow. Spencer Rattler. I mean, apologies, but your job is maybe gone. You know, that's football. That's football. Yeah, I think it's over. I think Caleb Williams is, is now QB one for Oklahoma, which is absolutely crazy. You're undefeated. You had your Heisman top three Heisman guy heading into the season, getting paid all this money. And I think it's Caleb Williams time. Yeah. I do. I do. It, it's, um, you know, good for Casey Thompson balled out for Texas. Yeah. Texas. He did everything he could defensively. They couldn't just get it down. I mean, Brian, B. John Robinson did his thing. Um, just an exciting day. Oklahoma just keeps finding ways to survive. I mean, at some point, you got to believe it's going to bite them in the butt. They're going to lose the game. But, you know, there's something to be said about a team that just finds a way to sneak it out, win. I'm looking at their schedule right now. TCU, Kansas next two weeks. Eh, Texas Tech, you know, possibly Baylor's 5-1. and one, Iowa State, and then Oklahoma State, who's undefeated too. So I do think they slip. Uh, this team is not as good as we thought they were heading into the season. Yeah. Um, but part of me is like, I don't care. Maybe I want them to go undefeated, win it, be in the playoffs. Cause I feel like if they're four and Georgia's one, Georgia's going to mop them like they did in the Rose bowl, you know, what, five years ago, four yeah. years ago. So uh, not mad about that, but going back to the Ole Miss Arkansas game, you know, Pittman kick the extra point going over time. Stay, alive. Stay alive. Stay alive. I, I agree. I agree. Um, and for Ole Miss, so about 51 points, Arkansas, you know, I know we do transitive properties, but the week after Arkansas got blanked by Georgia, just goes to show you there are, there are levels to being elite in college football right now. And Iowa, the number two team in the nation 
comes back and beats Penn State at home, 23-20. Unbelievable scene. Crowd rush the field. Aaron, you've been saying it all season long, man. These home Rush the field, field when you're a favorite at home. <laughs> I know. Against the number. Yeah, I know. I thought that was pretty interesting. But um, these home field advantages, a year after there were no fans in the stands for some conferences and limited capacity in others, makes a huge difference. And I think that will prove to be a gigantic storyline this weekend when Kentucky comes to play Athens, but shout out to Iowa, the number two team in the nation. So Aaron and I are both 18 and 12 against the spread and punt pass and kick. Our locks are, are we need to do something different. You know, here's what we should do next week. I mean, on our Thursday. Sp- are you and I against the spread, just tremendous hey, just the damn locks right now. I know. I mean, who would have thought yeah. going against Alabama that they would actually lose the game. I know. That's how like anti locks we are this year that Alabama actually lost the game. Here's what we need to do for real. We need to just make our picks. Okay. On Thursday and then say, and I'm going on the other side of it. Right. So just like fade yourself, say, I really love so-and-so. So with that being said, I'm going with the other side and just see what happens. We need to try something yeah. different. We need to try something different, but what great am I overall weekend. right now though? What We're am I 18 overall? and 12 because you went four and one. I'm 18 and 12 also. Uh, so that is, it's very respectable against the spread and we'll keep it going. And you can see those picks at punt and pass on Instagram and punt and Big week for you. You're back on CBS, Auburn versus Arkansas. You're going to go do some interviews this afternoon. I heard what else you got going on this week and we'll get you out of here. Yeah. Going, um, got a little Kirby smart Quay Walker. And I think Nicobe Dean this morning doing oh, an interview for the pregame show for, for WSB. So I head up to Athens, and yeah, man, it's going to be fun being in the SEC crew again. No doubt, so. dude. No doubt. We love watching you on there. Well, follow us on social media at Punt and Pass, at Drew Butler, at Aaron Murray 11, puntandpass.com. Week six is in the books. We'll get ready for week seven. For Aaron, I'm Drew. We'll talk to you on Thursday. See you. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. 
Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC.